Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a special edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. I'm Jim Mitchell, and uh, we're sharing some information as we begin a new series here on the podcast uh, regarding some alternative approaches to divorce. And we're going to have a panel of experts who are going to help us through that over the next few weeks as we have ongoing discussions. And uh, I think, frankly, learn a number of things about alternatives to divorce. Joining us throughout the series, uh, first of all, a partner at LaBelle Law, Patty Levinson. Patty has uh, completed divorce mediation training at uh, Northwestern University and the collaborative training program uh, for the Collaborative Family Law Council of Wisconsin. Um, Annette Corrigan, an associate in family law at LaBelle Law. And Amy Wilhelmy is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mentality mindset coach, and a divorce mediator. She's based here in Chicago, the founder of Balance Wellness Collective. We're going to learn about her as we go through the conversation. So to all of you, welcome to the podcast and thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you. So um, I, I think we'll start at the beginning. We're gonna talk about different approaches to divorce. We're gonna get away from what people normally understand about it. And certainly not all divorces are created equal. There's a variety of ways to approach that. Um, Patty, can you talk maybe a little bit first at a high level about some of the uh, less recognize approaches to divorce? Um, contrary to what most people believe, all divorces don't have to be brought to court with two attorneys doing battle for their clients. Um, these are almost alternative dispute resolution options. Um, one of them is what we call an uncontested divorce, when the parties have pretty much reached an agreement as to what things are going to look like after the divorce, and they just need a lawyer to um, draft up the papers and actually go to court and get them divorced. Um, and Annette, I believe, will focus a little bit more on this option. Then there's the option of mediation, which most people are fairly familiar with at this point. Um, and that's where a neutral mediator helps the parties reach an agreement. Um, the mediator would act as a facilitator and acts as a neutral third party. So the mediator is not taking sides in this mm -hmm. dispute. The mediator just helps the parties reach an agreement. And Amy will be talking a little bit in more depth about this. And then the final alternative resolution um, would be a collaborative divorce. And that is where um, each party has a collaboratively trained attorney. And instead of going to court and fighting with each other, the parties and their attorneys have a series of meetings where they're all working together to achieve the desired result that hopefully meets the needs of both parties. Mm -hmm. And the attorneys, contrary to what we all learned in law school, they're not fighting against each other. They are working with their opponent but yet are there to advocate for their clients' needs. And what, what stands out to me in that, and we obviously will drill down to each of those different approaches, but uh, Amy, based on your background, it, 
it almost sounds like there's an approach here to try to make divorce as much as possible a, a, a healthy process. It does not need to be combative. And that, that seems contrary to what most of us understand about divorce. Is, is that part of what this is about, is trying to make sure people get through this in a good state of mind? Absolutely. We try to make it as peaceful as possible. So I'm trained, um, I'm a marriage and family therapist. So obviously I've seen lots of couples in my practice. And oftentimes couples come to couples therapy when I, I like to use the term when the house has burnt down already. And so they've already, you know, they've already reached this point where it's it's of no return. And so I was trained in mediation simply because of that. I didn't necessarily want to send my clients to the traditional um, to attorney model to then further their trauma. Um, I don't obviously convert my couple's clients to um, mediation. Those are completely separate. But I wanted to help people in a way that was a more peaceful resolution so that they could come to the agreement um, together. We could come, we make this thing called an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding. That is a complete agreement that they both agree on all the terms. And then I hand it over to a collaborative mediation-friendly attorney to then file and complete their divorce. And that talk a little bit about some of these alternative processes and, and uh, what people need to understand about them. And as we get into the discussion here, again, it's a different mindset. But from, from your experience, um, what's unique about trying one of these different approaches? Well, um, first, I wanted to mention, I don't know that if Patty touched on it, that even the mediators, when when you go through the mediation route, whether um, it's a, it's somebody who's trained through um, family counseling um, or with attorneys, they are trained in mediation. Mm-hmm. They are special. They have specialized training. Um, I, for one, have not gone through mediation training at this point. That's something that I anticipate doing in the next couple of years. So that is a really important piece that they are trained professionals in mediation, as well as she mentioned in collaborative divorces. Those are trained collaborative. Um, attorneys. They're trained in that area. Um, As far as these other approaches, um, I I know I'm going to speak more to the point of when people come into our office or I've been called on the phone and they talk, they want to, they say, we really don't hate each other. We really, we we still care about each other. We care about our family, but we don't want to be married anymore. So can can we just hire you and have you do our divorce for us? Um, And so, you know, I'll sit, sometimes I sit down with both of them. Sometimes I sit down with one of them or talk to one of them. Um, But that's when they come into the law firm, right? They're coming Mm -hmm. through the the doors of the law firm, whether through the phone or through the office. And, um, and often, the question will come up well they'll ask me you know what are what other choices do I have and we'll talk about mediation and collaborative divorce and we'll go down that route um, I have several cases I'm handling right now though where um, you know sometimes it's a financial piece they don't have the money to pay for two attorneys to handle this you know uh, really um, amicable situation, Mm -hmm. right? This amicable separation of the marriage, of the partnership, and they just want to hire one attorney. Um, Or like Patty said, they walk in the door and they already have, they've sat down at the kitchen table and they've written out how they want to see things uh, divided or allocated between them. Um, And sometimes they come in and they just say, you know, we want to get a divorce. We don't know where to start. And, um, you know, we we go that route too. So, um, 
I'm not sure if I answered your question, but um, I will direct them to these other paths if that's something they're interested in. Mm -hmm. And if they ask for referrals, we'll, we'll refer people out to somebody who's trained in mediation, give them a couple options so they can call themselves and find the right fit for them. Because in the end, I think what we're all trying to do is really achieve the client's goals in the end. So, And, and Patty, you, you described for us uh, several different alternatives. I'd like you to maybe talk about the first there and uh, as Annette said, you may have someone walk in and say, hey, we've, we figured it all out. We just need to formalize it, document it. Um, talk about that process. And I think my, my follow-up question that you might want to think about there as you answer is, do they usually do it right? Or do you see flaws when they come in and say, well, you've done a nice job, but this, this won't hold? Um, what, what does the process look like to you usually? Um, well, when people come in with an agreement, in mind, let's mm -hmm. put it that way. They may right. have put it down on paper, but um, one of the things that the attorney will do is review that agreement to make sure that it is in line with the statute. Um, this, The Illinois Marriage and Dissolution Act, excuse me, the Illinois Marriage and Dissolution of Marriage Act is the act the statute that controls all divorces and it is a long statute but it doesn't have that many very specific provisions to be followed the main ones have to do with support whether child support or maintenance and the statute contains formulas so when somebody reaches an agreement having to do with either maintenance or child support, the first thing that I would do is review their financial information, mostly their incomes, and determine if the numbers they came up with are in line with the statute. Okay. Close, maybe not exact. Um, because the statute can be deviated from with for an appropriate reason. The judge would just have to take note of what the reason the deviation was for. So um, other than that, the only other thing that I look for is something that I would be that I would consider unconscionable mm -hmm. because again that's the standard that the judge will use mm -hmm. to approve the final document and finalize the divorce mm -hmm. the agreement must not be unconscionable and that's not a defined term mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a, a high bar to reach unconscionability but if you're doing something that's a little different from the statute, you need to make sure that it's framed in a way so that it does not appear to be unconscionable. And, and Amy, talk about your role as a mediator. Uh, it sounds to me as if uh, there's still some dispute, some discrepancies, things that need to be worked out, but uh, they're willing to do it in a different setting than the courtroom. Um, do you find that most of those situations can be resolved and handled through mediation? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I've um, all of the cases that I've worked with have resolved. Um, and 
most of them have gone through with the divorce. You don't have to, right? Some people will come to mediation. I actually had a um, a couple come to mediation and they weren't ready for the divorce, but they just wanted a formal document drafted um, for uh, a non-legal separation so that they could separate their life, separate their assets and just kind of try that out for a while. So we can do that with mediation. We can do, sometimes I do business partnership mediation. But yeah, it's it's basically two people that want to come into a room together and figure out an agreement. Um, and then it is up to my clients to then, you know, hire the attorney to then file to then complete the divorce. Um, but you know what I always say is that in relationships and in um, in that context, you know, most people started off as friends. So we can we can kind of reach a friendly and peaceful agreement, especially if there are children involved. Um, you know, I'm a family therapist, so that's always at the front of my mind. Um, what is best for the children? And so we kind of bring it back to that over and over and over again when those agreements um, get a little tense. But I would say also in mediation, piggybacking on what Patty said, like we... Um, as a trained mediator, we offer clients not legal advice or, you know, I, I obviously I'm a neutral third party, but I help them realize some kind of creative resolutions. You know, if they're stuck on a financial issue, we can look at the bigger picture and really kind of dig in and say, oh, you, you'd like the you'd like to stay in the home. Oh, you'd like to keep your retirement. How do we figure this out financially? And like Patty said, if we don't deviate um, very far from this statute, you know, the goal is for my clients to have an agreement that the judge then looks at and approves. I don't want my clients to get in front of the judge and the judge say, this is very far away. You know, I want them to be approved so that that is the second goal besides the peaceful um, resolution and the clients walking away feeling like they were both heard and both of their needs were met. And I think that's an important distinction to make here in any of these approaches. Ultimately, the agreement still needs to go into uh, court and, and be approved by a judge, correct? Yes. And actually, Jim, to that point, I was in a courtroom not too long ago where um, they were they were set to prove up in front of the court and the judge looked over the marital settlement agreement terms and from what i could tell because it wasn't my case um they it looked as though one of the parties was basically wanted out and just was ready to give everything away to get out and signed off on this agreement and the judge said i cannot approve this this does this is unconscionable mm -hmm. you need to go back to the drawing board and um, come back with something that to me has some semblance of fairness to it and this is not it and so he uh gave them more time so that they that is i mean you yeah. that is the fine he has the final say she has the final say mm -hmm. so we're talking about uh alternatives in divorce resolution with uh, patty levinson and annette corrigan of labelle law today and amy wilhelmy uh from balance wellness collective uh, we're starting a three-part series where we will dive into this and other topics and uh certainly uh, learning a lot today um, Annette, maybe I'll turn to you. Um, let's talk about the process because no matter which approach is used, uh, I assume that the parties have to do a little homework and they have to have mm -hmm. some things ready to share. What, uh, what, what are the first steps, regardless of, of what approach they want to use? What, what do the parties need to bring to the collaborative effort, effort or mediator, whoever it's going to be? 
Well, in a divorce, of course, you've got two different types, right? You've got one where it's purely financial, there are no children involved, and then you've got the divorces where there are children involved. Okay. So when um, in both of those instances, of course, the parties are going to be one of the first documents after they retain an attorney um, and, and enter into agreement for us to represent them. Um, the one of the first documents I send to them is what's called a financial affidavit, and it's court approved. There's a special form. Both parties are to fill out that form as thoroughly and as completely as possible, identifying all assets, all liability, all liabilities, income, um, information regarding the last couple tax returns. Um, and and I tell them, I said, I always say to the clients, my client, um, this is not a complicated form. It's a pain in the neck to do to complete because you got to pull everything together, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to get all your documents in front of you. You've got to go onto your onto online and go into your accounts and get recent balances and account numbers. And um, so that's one of the very first things in both cases, whether you know you, both in both types of divorce, financials are so important because you're basically you're you're dividing uh, mm -hmm. the financial part of the marriage. When children are involved, of course, you're they're doing that as well. But the first piece of the puzzle is because at the very first court date that judge is going to want to know what are we doing with these children you know mm -hmm. what is the plan who are the who has the children where do the children reside um, and so now my practice is to right away start talking through a parenting agreement and we talk about um, you know who's going to have the decision making is it going to be joint decision making and in, the, in these types of cases that we're discussing today where it's there is not it's not high conflict the parties are getting along typically the parties in, in these types of cases are going to have joint decision making for the children um, so uh, but like I said we're going to start talking about where are the children residing if the parents are still together in the house that's not a problem but if one parent has moved out you know what is the parenting time going to be? Uh, who's going to be transporting those children? That type of thing. So those are the first two things we're going to be looking at in a, in a divorce. Uh, and, and Patty, um, whether it's through mediation or collaboration, we talked about sort of the health and wellness of the participants. Um, I know divorce can be a long, drawn-out process. Um, do you see advantages to these alternative approaches? Uh, either just in how quickly things can be done or how, lack of a better term, satisfying it may be at the end that people walk away feeling good about what has happened? Um, I think all of the alternative approaches to divorce um, have a better result. Um, they usually do go more quickly, but because it is not being handled through the court and the court is not directing the attorney's actions, the parties themselves are in control. They are making a divorce that is good for them. They're not waiting for a court to order something that perhaps neither party wants. Um, but they are taking control. It gives them more of a sense of privacy because their business is not being spoken about in court every 45 days. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it usually goes more quickly. You know, there's exceptions to every rule. But the biggest thing to keep in mind is 
these parent these parties especially when they have children mm -hmm. will be in each other's lives forever mm -hmm. and they need to establish a relationship with each other post divorce to allow them to co-parent mm -hmm. and these alternative approaches tend to produce a better post divorce relationship between the parties because they know they've been heard. Mm -hmm. They may have said, okay, well, I'll give this up in order to get that. But it was their decision. It wasn't a decision that was forced on them. So people can accept their, their decisions more easily and move on. And the idea in any of these approaches is to have a family at the end and they are still family sure um it's just rearranged it's just looking a little bit different but the idea is to have a functional post-divorce family that is different than the maybe unfunctional um pre-divorce family that sure. they have um so we've covered a lot of ground here today and really introduced some interesting topics i think um what we're going to do is is take a break here and stop but we have several more sessions coming up in the interim as people want to learn more and talk to each of you. Um, I think they uh, want to be able to reach out and make contact. So, Amy, first of all, uh, before I let you go, where can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you about some of the services? Mm -hmm. So my websites are www.balancewellnesscollective.com and www.amywilhelmi.com. Great. Well, we uh, certainly want to encourage people to do that. And Patty, perhaps if you could share for us the best way to get a hold of LaBelle Law as well. Um, well, you can go to our website, www.lavellelaw.com. And our main phone number to reach any of the attorneys at Lavelle is 847-705-7555. I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I, you don't call it. I do all the time. No, I and don't. I use it, so. <laughs> That's so uh, true. Yes. 847-70-755. Right. Uh, Patty Levinson, Annette Corrigan, Amy Wilhelmy, thanks very much for getting us started here. Looking forward to future conversations, and uh, we will be back to talk uh, in more detail in the weeks ahead. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you.